0: Today's Leading Women episode 422 with wonderful Ripka Willick.
1: Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.
0: I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Rivka Willick. Rivka Willick is a professional storyteller, story coach, and writer. She coaches individuals and organizations in a wide range of applications in the art of the spoken word story for personal growth, branding, presentations, and project development. Rivka is an expert in using the power of story for business, for healing, family, and life. So women of the world, Ms. Rivka Willick, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, hi. Excited to be here.
0: Yes, I am delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Rivka, I really love what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the SWAT equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business, you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind so let's start with your business you know there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind the niche
1: sure storytelling today is the new big thing i mean you turn on almost anything radio pick up a newspaper tv you're going to hear the phrase storytelling and it's being applied to everything and the reason we're doing that, and the reason the world is kind of getting that is stories and storytelling, I'll use those two words separately and interchanged, uh, is probably the stickiest form of verbal communication. What does that mean? It means that when you you put your information in a story format, it is gonna last longer. People will remember it for a longer period of time, and you can put more information in it. So if you're just lecturing, people walk out the door and they lose most of it. You tell them a story, they remember it, and they remember it for a long time. So businesses, uh, healing organizations, personal growth groups, and individuals are using storytelling, or at least using the word. They're all jumping onto the bandwagon. But a lot of them don't understand what story is or storytelling, and even if they have an understanding, they may not have a deep and and, uh, expanded background. That's where I come in. There's an I have a true appreciation for the power of story, and I bring that in. That's my expertise. Story work can empower almost anything. You want to brand your business. You want to let people know what you're doing or you want to promote your own personal health and personal growth, story can do that. Uh, Storytelling empowers speakers. It engages audiences, and it allows information to be remembered. Now, over the last two minutes, minute and a half, I just talked. I didn't tell a story. Now I'm going to tell you a story and show you how it works. This is a very old story. It's an old, I think it's Yiddish. It's an old Jewish story, Uh, and it's called The Naked Truth Meets Story. So, uh, Naked Truth was walking down the street one day. He was an old man, and he was naked. Oh, he was a sight to be seen. His skin just kind of dripped off of him. He was so skinny, and his spine just curved all the way down. He was something to be avoided. He's walking down the street just as sad as could be, hungry, starving to death. When suddenly from the other side comes a long story. Now story, he was a good looking fella. He was dressed in leather boots and velvet pants, satin, purple satin on his shirt. And he had a felt hat with a feather from a peacock. Ooh, ooh, he was gorgeous. He was so beautiful. Everyone wanted to walk up and talk to him. Well, As he's walking down the street, he comes right up to Naked Truth and he says, hey, what's wrong? Naked Truth says, I'm starving to death. I walk up to one house after another and everyone keeps their doors closed. If they do happen to open it, they slam them right in my face. I just don't understand it. Well, Story looks at him for a minute or two and says, why don't you come home with me? They walk home together and Story took a Few, not his best, but some of his beautiful clothes and put them on Naked Truth. So Naked Truth wasn't quite so naked anymore. And then they walked back out. They went to the very first town and knocked on the very first door. And what would you know? The door opened and they were both invited in. Story started. He began to talk and talk and everyone was excited. There was food and merriment and Truth was able to talk too. Put in, little bits here and there. Until they were done and walked out. It's been like that from that day onto this very one. If you really want the truth to be heard, tell it in a story.
0: Wow, that was beautiful. I was so hooked into listening to every word that you said. I really enjoyed it. See... The power of stories—you really get sucked into it. You really get, you really are connected to it. It's a great story, and I love that you have um, exemplified that one with us with what you're doing out there. And uh, I know I I could be listening to all of these stories over and over again, nonstop, because I really love the way you tell them. No, because it really gets me, it really gets me connected to it. I, I could feel it, I could see it in my eyes. I can picture them actually a naked tooth
1: and a storybook. So great that you shared it one with yeah, me. And, and and think of think of sitting in a board meeting where you are truly bored and you're sitting there and you're just trying to focus and then suddenly someone gets up to do a presentation and he tells a story like that. Or she tells a story like that. And suddenly the whole conference room wakes up. <laughs> yes. you know, it's, no it's There's a purpose. I'm telling the power of story, but stories can tell the power of anything. So you pick the right story. You find how to tell it. And it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time. A minute. Then do your presentation and you've woken everyone up.
0: Absolutely. No, I know know you are doing this. um, And I can see, I can sense, I can feel the passion that you have with this. But what continues to inspire you doing this?
1: Well, you know, I, I came from a family of storytellers. Uh, they weren't professional. My dad was a veterinarian. And that's really where my inspiration started. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I we lived over the veterinary hospital growing up. And I remember when I was probably 11 or 12, I was already down there helping him. And uh, he there was a family that came in. Their dog was very badly hurt. And... Um, My dad was telling them options, and they couldn't hear them. They were just so upset. So my dad took this deep breath, and he told them a story. I mean, I don't even know what the story was about, but somehow everyone refocused. And he told that little story, and then he brought them back and told them their options. And from that point on, I saw that stories have this tremendous ability to bring people back. When my father died about 10 years ago, I was sitting with the rest of my family and my brother is a uh, orthopedic surgeon who actually one of his specialties is reattaching arms and he has to do amputations and really painful things, difficult things. And we were talking about this, how my dad used stories all the time. And my brother looked at me and he said, oh, that makes so much sense because there are times that I have to say something like the word amputation or a doctor might use the word surgery or a nurse might use the word shot, you know, or injection, whatever it is. And, and the patient, the person in front of them just turns off. It doesn't have to be medical. You can think of lots of examples. People turn off. And so if you can then bring in that story, and it can be a story that's related or not. My dad would tell science fiction. He would, you know, tell stories about animals, stories about history. It didn't matter. He somehow had enough in his bag of tricks to pull them out and help people. So when he was older, he went on a trip to, um, I think it was Europe, or it might be South America, and he was on on a bus, maybe it was South America, and he was on a bus, and he would sit in the back of the bus, one of these tour groups, and every day he would sit in the back, and he'd start telling his stories, and everyone on the bus would move to the back of the bus, and they'd gather around him until the third day, in which the bus driver pulled off the side of the road, Parked it right on the edge of the mountain. And he walked back and he glared at my father. And my dad said, What's wrong? And he said, I've been driving this bus for three days and I'm not gonna drive anymore until you tell me one of your stories. So when you grow up to with a family that has so much power, you know, and so much excitement in, you know, this art form, it was easy to to uh, to connect with that. But what keeps my inspiration going is also the people I work with. Because I, I, I have to tell you, when people connect with me, they connect with me from all over the country, all over the world, with all sorts of reasons. They wanna help their business, they wanna have personal growth, whatever it is. And even if they just wanna use stories a little or a lot, their use and their understanding and their opening up to me is inspiration that just keeps giving me tremendous energy. Let me give you an example. A fellow, he runs a company called Zenulus. And it's just an IT company, probably like 100 other or 10,000 other IT companies. And he wanted to create some uh, videos, uh, the whiteboard videos. And I, I will help people create stories and use them in animation and, and in their content as well. So uh, as I'm talking to him, I said, so what, what do you want people to know You know, there's a million whiteboards. I mean, it it no longer makes you special. So I said, what do you want to impart? And he said, I really like to laugh. I just love laughing. I'm a fun guy. But when you think of IT, you don't think of fun. So I said, let's do Sunday funnies. We'll do an animated Sunday funny strip. And it'll be like a minute, minute and a half long. It'll talk about your different services. And it'll give everyone a chance to laugh. I did several for him. If you go to the Zenulus website, you can see it. But the fun thing is it really showed an aspect of him that no one saw, or at least he felt that he wanted to share. And he wanted people to know that when you come to his business, it isn't just that you get your work done, but you might smile as well. Now, that kind of stuff is exciting.
0: Hmm so saying to listening to what you are saying because I can really tell and yes stories really help you connect with people helps you get your message across it helps you communicate better what you want to say what you want to communicate when you tell it in the stories because yes just like what Riva could just shared with us stories really stick to us and that's that was true to to everything in general, When we hear, hear stories that really gets our attention, we really connect to it, and I'm really that, glad. That, mm-hmm.
1: You may you may not have caught it, but I within that last answer, I told you four stories. <laughs>
0: I know there was some kind really of out there. So yeah, great. And you are really good at this. And I can't I cannot help but uh, really listen to every word that you were shared. But I'd love for you to share our listeners, what are some of those personal qualities that help you become this greatest storyteller?
1: I uh, So uh, I was thinking about this. I think the first answer, the first one that comes up is persistence. Persistence. Um, Because my storytelling business is three-prong. I I am a performer. I actually perform all over the country. Uh, The second one is I story coach. I work with people. And the third prong is my writing and story creation and branding. With performing, especially with performing, if you go out there, if you want to be a motivational speaker, for example, or you just want to um, connect on a more local level, maybe doing board meetings, whatever it is, There are so many times that you're going to get your feet cut off, that you're just going to feel like, oh, I blew at that time. Boy, I just didn't connect. And sometimes you you do everything right. and People aren't there. Steve Martin, the comedian, has a great story. He I I read about or maybe I heard him tell it. He said uh, it was the night before he went on Saturday Night Live. Now, if you're young, you probably thought Saturday Night Live lasted for has been here forever, but it did have a beginning. And he was the one of the first people on one of the first shows, and no one knew it was going to be a sensation or anything like that. He'd been on Johnny Carson, the Tonight Show, which was a big deal for comedians back then, but he um, he was still just a comedian. He had been on TV in several places, and he thought he was doing really well. But the night before he had his big break, he went to do a comedy show and no one showed up just the bartender and so he walks in he walks up to the stage he does a sound check and then the bartender says hey steve there's no one here i mean you don't have to do your show and steve looked at the bartender and said you're here and if you're here i'm going to do the show for you and that's the persistence i'm talking about performers have to have it but maybe All entrepreneurs have to have it. There are times that you just feel like everything's going right and then the check doesn't come or the the merchandise doesn't sell and it's supposed to. But, you know, Steve Martin didn't give up. He did the show and he says he did the show as if the whole place was packed. So when he went on the next day and he went to Saturday Night Live, he was still flying. And from that point on, he became a superstar. That persistence and belief in yourself, I would say that's the first trait that I think is so essential. The second is self-trust. You have to believe in yourself. It isn't just that you keep coming back time and time again, but there are times that you're just going to feel like you flopped. I'll tell you, there are times I flop. There are times when I'm coaching someone that I feel like it's it's right there, but I, I missed it. You know, there are times that, you know, you write and and I'm creating content. And it's like, what's wrong with me today? Everyone has those days. But it's that self-trust. I know I'm really good. I know that what I do is extraordinary and really important. And if you have that self-trust, even when you have down days, down weeks, or even winter like this that everyone's getting depressed, you keep going. And the last one, you actually... Uh, noticed, I'm really passionate. If you can tap into your passion, I believe your business, no matter what it is, it will eventually succeed. But while you're struggling, you'll be happy. Tap into that passion. I love people. I love stories. I love seeing these stories blossom. When you can hook into that, you're going to have a very satisfying life. Uh, And I mean, the rest just kind of follows.
0: Persistence, self-trust, or belief in yourself, tapping into your passion—great personal qualities there that uh, Rivka just shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adopt these traits into our lives. Thanks for sharing those. Now, I'd love for you to touch upon what are some of the what have been some of the challenges that you have faced building your business as a storyteller that our listeners can learn from.
1: Well the first one I think is really obvious when I walk into a room and it's not as bad as it used to be, but I, and people say, what do you do for a living? What, what is your business? And I'd say storyteller, they'd say, Oh, you read books to little kids. Now librarians and maybe good parents read books to little kids. I don't read out of books. Storytelling is an organ. I'm an organic storyteller. I create stories in my mind and off the paper. They come out my mouth. I practice, 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 tons of practice. And I let the audience and the people hear me shape the stories. It's a very organic process. It has nothing to do with telling, reading books you know, to little kids. But in America, we kind of have that misconception of that's what storytelling is. Also, the word is so overused that it almost has no meaning anymore. Uh, Since I am a traditional organic storyteller, I really work on pulling out stories and pulling together all the stories that are around us. Um, And when we pull, it isn't just one way. The Moth, you might have heard of The Moth. It's a very popular um, forum in New York City. There's also Mass Mouth and Boston, and they're all over the country. It's where people get up and they tell their personal stories. And and it's great. It's it's a new tradition, Midwest and... uh, The South have personal stories and other stories that they've been telling. The Midwest is kind of famous for their kind of funky, crazy stories. I'm from the Midwest, so I I like that. So there is some sense of storytelling as more than this misconception, but it has been. I've been doing this for 20 years. It's been a tough road to keep educating people. The second misconception, it kind of goes with that. It's not just for kids. Uh, This one is changing but I still run up against it as a performer. Not so much. I can go into business and I can go into health field and people are getting it um, slowly, but they're understanding it. But when I try to do stage performances, when I try to get into conventions, I'm still often pigeonholed. I do a show called labor days and uh, uh, women, you'll kind of enjoy this one. I look at the, look at our personal humanity through birth stories And I've collected birth stories that span over 400 years. And it's a very adult show. And yet when I got one of my reviews, I did this a few years ago, and I think the reviewer was in D.C. when I did it, um, Washington, D.C. She said after she heard the show, she couldn't stop repeating the stories. For the next four days, this was right out of her review, for the next four days, I retold every story at least three times. I couldn't get them out of my head. So I read this review and I'm thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And then the next line says, but maybe she should tell them in libraries or maybe the dinner table. Now, I'm talking about adult stories about birth, and I'm talking about some really intense things like forceps and uh, forcep deliveries and um, why we we don't squat anymore. And some of it's very funny. And some of there's one that's kind of scary, all sorts of stories. It is not something you'd want to tell at your dining room table. She said she loved the stories; She couldn't stop repeating them. And yet that old stereotype that storytellers belong in a certain place is something, you know, that I often bang against. But it goes back to that persistence and passion. I keep cutting through it. Uh, the, The third misconception is that storytelling is a natural process, so it doesn't take work. It is a natural process. It's a very natural thing. I think when we're three years old, we start wanting to hear stories and tell stories. As soon as we talk, we want to hear stories, tell stories. It is a natural process, but so is singing and so is drawing. I sing in the shower, but I don't think it will take me to Carnegie Hall. And I don't think my doodles will turn into Rembrandts. Storytelling is a standalone art form it is a tremendously powerful tool for communication. You can use it as I've said a couple times for branding. If you're a public speaker, contact me. You know, learn how to use uh, storytelling. You'll improve your uh, motivational speaking or public speaking. Uh, you can apply for personal growth and healing. We need it at work. We we it, but. It isn't enough just to try it. Seek out a teacher. Seek out a mentor. I'm around. There's other people around to use, to really maximize the power of story. Learn how to do it. Uh, When I'm not performing, I'm guiding other people and helping them uh, develop their stories.
0: Wow, I love how you are injecting stories of these challenges that you shared with us, and I can really, I can understand what, uh, what their misconceptions are because that's what I knew early on. That okay, storytelling, oh, I love it as a kid. But now I can see the possibilities. I can see the opportunities of where we can apply this not only in our lives and only in our business, but in everything that we do. So great lessons there. Great that you shared that one with us that we can. All learn from and I love that you are interjecting it with the store because that's how we're able to understand it even better and connect with it so great lessons there. Now I'd love for us to talk about uh, success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success?
1: Well, obviously, one happy benchmark is people are paying. You know, as storytelling becomes more and more of this new in thing, they are seeking me out. And that's great. The value of stories being seen and people are willing to pay for these services. I'm able to bring in more storytellers and bring in more artisans to kind of create that. So the the obvious one is there. One of the things I'm, I'm sought out as a story coach and it is to guide folks through and to the completion of projects. And I got to tell you, when you have someone who's been struggling to finish their book, or to get their business off the road, you know, to get it going. Um, after all, the, the, the definition of story is something with a beginning, middle, and end. So if you take that and you use that story also as motivation, you help them finish that book, you help them with their branding, and then guide them through to the end of their vision, uh, there's something very, very satisfying Uh helping people, you have a vision, you have an idea, you work with a storyteller. And I I work with a, a rock and roll musician in Australia. And one of the things he'll do is he'll contact me for a session just to kind of visualize where he's going, what he's doing, and to stay on this path. Because, you know, obviously, music can be a pretty tough industry. Another woman I worked with uh, was finishing a uh, book i've helped many people finish books and businesses and that sort of thing and when you get to that last point when the book gets off the press, such an excitement when i can hold a book that someone else has worked on especially if i can see the stories that i've helped them as a story coach create and, and we're talking about business books and medical books and all sorts of things it's very exciting i, I want to tell you about one other and that's uh and that comes from when I do workshops or and also performances at conventions. I will often work with um, with corporate folks. Uh, I recently did some work with a New Jersey uh, public trans- transit, I, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, authority. And I walked into the room and half of the group were police officers. The other half were public safety workers. They're... Their program they were working on, it was just last year, was working on uh, pedestrian safety. So I did my storytelling workshop, and then we we started working on how they could inject story into their public uh, discussions. And there was one fellow there who looked just like Joe Friday. You might be too young to know Joe Friday. He's from Dragnet. But he talked in a very staccato way, very sort of the ultra cop. Anyway, this guy was exactly like him. And I sat down with him to start working on his story. And he said, Rivka, I can't do this. I can't tell the story. You could tell he really didn't want to talk at all. And I said, okay, so just let's talk. You and me talk together. And he came. He started telling me a personal story. One day he was driving. And uh, it was a really hot day in Newark, New Jersey. And they were driving, he and his partner, to their favorite ice cream parlor to take a little break. And as they're driving, and there's a lot of traffic, but it's moving along. As he's driving down this crowded street, he sees the driver ahead of him bend down. His head kind of disappears. Uh, And it turned out that he was texting. He was bending down to text. And suddenly a little boy runs across and he gets hit by the car. And the body flies up. And then he hears the body hit the pavement. And he said there was nothing I could do. All I could do was sit there. All I could do was sit and watch the body go up and hear the body come down. The boy was injured. He survived. But to this day, he said, I still can see it. I can still hear it. I dream about that boy. There was nothing I could do. And then he took a deep breath. And one of the tools of storytelling, there's lots of structural things we can do, is called a call for action. You've heard it probably in other forms. You can use it in storytelling as well. And he took a deep breath and he said, I couldn't do anything, but you can. Please don't text and drive. Tell your kids, tell your parents, don't text and drive. If you tell enough people, if you practice not doing it enough, You will prevent another boy from going through such a horrible accident. When this man got done telling the story, and he did, he told it in front of the whole group, tears were coming down. People had lost their breaths. This is from a man that 20 minutes before said he couldn't tell a story. We can tell stories, and I'm sure he's gone around the state of New Jersey telling that story, and I I can guarantee he's probably already saved a lot of lives.
0: Hmm, powerful story, you can see the power of story, it really changes lives, great. Wow, I was so hooked into listening to that one. But I'd love for us to segue a little bit and talk more about work-life balance. You know, know, this is one area that a lot of our listeners are challenged with because I myself are. So I'd love for you to share our listeners, what are some of the ways that you deal with this work-life balance in terms of your uh, business, your family, your health, and your relationships?
1: Okay, I have four kids. And, and as I said, I have done storytelling all over the country. So yeah, that's even more of a challenge. One way I, I deal with it is I, I've brought my family into my business. Three of my four kids are now storytellers. Uh, they use it. My son is actually in Israel right now. He's close to finishing his rabbinate, becoming a rabbi. And uh, he uses stories. He actually goes on the street with his guitar and he, he goes to elderly people's homes and he tells his stories as part of his work. My um, oldest daughter has gotten jobs for months at a time in camps in different places. And my youngest daughter, who is now just 18, it was just on a public TV uh, show to, uh, doing a segment. So... Bringing my kids in, my husband has been invited to a different story to, uh, to a storytelling guild, a local group, to share. He's a psychologist, how he can use story and storytelling in his work. So one, one thing you can do is you can bring your, your family in. But the other thing I have to do is I also have to set limits. Because there are times I need to keep my family out. And since I do keep them, bring them in and invite them in enough, I feel it's okay to say no to say, this is my time, I'm doing this, you're not invited. Um, um, there are times that I don't want to spend a lot of time expanding or hearing their stories, we can do it later. Setting those limits is really important and giving myself permission to say no is, is a tremendous skill and it's also, a, I think, a sanity saving device. I've also learned, how, learned how not to speak which might be kind of crazy coming from a storyteller. But there are times it's really important to listen. And for my health, for the health of my family, for the health of even my business, learning how not to talk, how to take a breath, and how to listen is so essential. So um, as a storyteller, I can also weave all sorts of reasons for not doing things. But when you're quiet and you have those contemplative moments, you have those retreats. It's something I, I read a book, I, I lost I loaned the book out and I've never been able to find it. But it was a fantastic book for women about the importance of retreats. That everyone should have retreats. It should be you know, like a vacation is obviously a big retreat, but we should have retreats even every day. That we have those even every hour. We have a time to, to stretch our legs. We have three breaks a day where we take a walk. We do something that breaks what we're doing, that breaks. And then we have it at the top of the day or the end of the day. We have a retreat during the week. Having those little islands in which you stop what you're doing and you just take care of yourself. Uh, I, I It was about 10 years ago I realized that I was really bad at self-care and being able to to you know, ask my 18-year-old daughter to give me manicure, I'm sitting extra long in a bathtub instead of running to the shower. Those little things, tremendous sanity. So those are some of the things I've done to stay sane, keep my family going. And, and I'll tell you, when you're sane, when you're positive, your passion gets stronger, and so will the bottom line. You'll make more money, your business will increase, and the things you really care about will start happening.
0: Mm, great tips there I mean involving your family in your business setting limits giving yourself permission to say no this is huge especially for us women because sometimes we feel like we just wanted to say yes to people because we don't want we don't want them to to, we didn't want them to say that we're just battering or, or like that. So we always want to give ourselves to others, But it's really important to give yourself permission to say no when you have to say no. Set limits or set boundaries. And I love when you said about learning not to talk, just listening. It's really important to also, it's art learn the art of listening, listening to other people, listening to what they truly are saying, because that's when we really understand what, what is it being said. So great tips there in terms of this work-life balance that we can all uh, learn from. So thanks for sharing. Last but not least, Rivka, I'd love for you to share with our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you. And we'll end from there.
1: Okay. Well, um, I love Skype. Skype is my friend. If you live in New Jersey, we can do lots of things. You can invite me to conventions. I also fly all over the country to work with people in your company. If you want to work one-on-one, I also do, which I haven't mentioned at all, I do family retrieval work where we go in and we save family stories. If you have an elderly family or maybe even a younger person who is chronically ill, um, we can do story work, with, which can bring a whole family together and save, save you know, those family stories. But whether you want to bring me out to you or work with me through Skype, you can uh, connect with me on Simply Extraordinary Tales. You can go Rivka at simplyextraordinarytales.com. You can also contact me at Rivka Teller, clever there, T-E-L-L-E-R. Rivka, R-I-V-K-A, Teller, T-E-L-L-E-R, at gmail.com. So those are two different emails. You can connect with me or you can call me, 862-268-4989. And we can start using stories for healing, branding, improving your business and improving your own personal life. Follow your passion, do the work, reach out, take some risks and, and play I, I love to end whatever I'm talking about with that last word. As women, no is a dirty word, and we forget we want our kids to play, we want our husbands to play, we want our partners to play. Let's remember to play.
0: Mm, brilliant. All right. So that's simply extraordinary tales.com, or you can reach Rivka through email at Rivka at simply extraordinary or through Rivka at gmail.com. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. So for our listeners out there, whether you are an organization, a small business owner, um, I'd love for you to reach out to Rivka because I know storytelling is one of the most powerful ways so we can get our message across so if you if Rivka's products and services resonate with you I highly encourage you to jump in again the link is www.simplyextraordinarytales.com at least be on her newsletter so you can be updated on what she's putting out there again the link is simplyextraordinarytales.com or you can reach um rivka through phone at 862 4989 or at email rivka at simply extraordinarytales.com or rivka teller at gmail.com and by the way all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at today's leadingwomen.com forward slash rivka willick or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you Rivka, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you you and wish you more success in
1: business and in your life. Okay, thank you. And thank you for doing this amazing, amazing uh, telecast, teleseminar, whatever it's called.
0: All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one After you listen to this episode, go to today'sleadingwomen.com forward slash myitunes. Step number two Click the rate and review button. Step number three Say that you love listening to today's leading women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as CLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite Today's Leading Woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my itunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my
1: itunes.